0: We're back with another Perspectives episode. How are you been, Luke? I've been great, Jonathan. And you? I'm good. We're getting close to the end of the season, and we've got a special guest that uh, agreed to join us. We have Andrea Middleton, who's a leader in the, the WordPress project, an active member of the community. Andrea, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thank you for joining us. We've been doing this for... I, well, it's three seasons, but we started last year, right, Luke? Or was it the yeah. year? It's, uh, it's a strange time.
2: Yeah.
0: It's been a lot of fun, though. We've been able to cover a number of different moments in the WordPress project. And we've tried with these perspective episodes to mix it up and have folks who are in deep into the WordPress ecosystem and folks who are like quite outside of it as well. And that's been a lot of fun. And Andrea, you are on the side of someone who is quite deep. Into the, I the WordPress on the inside, system. yeah. <laughs> so, wanted to start out with just uh, going into a bit of your history. When did WordPress first come onto your radar? Like, what was if you can remember? I know it's it's been a bit. What, what was that like? The first. It's been WordPress a while.
1: I, you know, I think I first heard the term WordPress a long long time ago it may have been like 2004 2005 um i have a dear friend my oldest friend in fact jen milo who at the time used the name jane wells um uh we have been friends since the early 90s when we were both canvassers for greenpeace um and she joined the technology sector uh and came and visited me when I was living in the U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, my uh, boyfriend at the time now husband and she got geeky and started talking about this new open source software uh, used for blogging Um, and uh, I remember thinking oh well I don't that sounds kind of boring Um, and (laughs) fast forward to about 2006, I started up my own blog about wine, uh, because I had left the uh, wine industry after selling and educating people about wine for about five years. Uh, And I had moved on to a different profession, but I still uh, had a lot to say about wine. So I started a wine blog in 2006. There were probably about 25 of us all over the world. So it was one of those really cozy experiences of kind of knowing all the other bloggers and reading each other's stuff and then like sharing ideas and commenting on each other's uh, blogs. And And, and of course, when it was time for me to start a blog in 2006, I used WordPress. My husband set it up for me. Um, And so I had that first experience as a client saying like, can we do this and then this thing and then this other thing. Um, But uh, shortly I got to uh, the point of knowing how to kind of manage things myself and get my hands dirty. But I I've always been a non technical user. So
0: did you uh make use of the, the pingbacks feature back in the day?
1: You know, I I never did understand the pingbacks feature. But <laughs> yes. But <the> idea <laughs> I did understand.
0: Is... Yeah, Go ahead. That's... Uh, the idea, of course, was like, if you, uh, it, we'll talk about this sometimes, like when you have these like smaller web communities, you'd link to each other, right? Like you write a right, blog post yeah. and someone else wrote a blog post and pingbacks back before spam just sort of took it to town were a great mm-hmm. way of saying, like, oh, wow, someone like wrote about what I'm talking about. And that's what a great was way the thing that everyone in had the in their
2: sidebar head head. called? It was like, there was actually a section the for web, in the, WordPress, the links. Yeah. Blog roll, blog that's roll. It. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right. I, I very carefully curated my blog role yep. and it was a big deal when I added people to my blog yeah. role because like that for me was an endorsement. And yeah. I, and I remember distinctly, like we would email each other and be like, I'd love to be on your blog roll and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Simple.
0: <laughs> so terms. you have that, that context, you had your own uh-huh. site up and running. What how did you end up then getting involved into the WordPress project itself? Like what did that transition look like?
1: Yeah, it was about five years later actually. Um, and I was recruited for the work that I did, um, implementing the WordCamp program back in 2011. So in, I think April will be my, my like 10 year anniversary of doing this work. Um, and, uh, Jen, uh, then, still, Jane uh, recruited me because she was like project managing core and leading the design of WordPress core. And also, she and Matt were designing the WordCamp program and needed someone to implement it. Um, and so, she had uh, tried a couple of different people for the role and it didn't work out for various reasons. And so, she kind of did a, an unexpected move and pulled me in. And I um, learned so much in such a short amount of time. Um, and it, it's been a wild ride.
2: <laughs> Andrea, that's how we met is, uh, when I uh-huh. be- began organizing a word camp, word camp, Sunshine Coast, I believe it was um and oh my
1: goodness that must have been 2011 or 2012 if yeah I'm it was mistaken. it was
2: a long time ago and actually it's probably yeah. one of the best word camps i've been to by the way it was I had a great time anyway i would expect um, to hear
1: nothing less <laughs> of
2: course <laughs> uh i i imagine that's the way that most people in the community who know you like know you through the word camps program mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. I think maybe let's just ask the most obvious question that's been on my mind first, which is what have been the biggest lessons and and learnings, takeaways from a pandemic world with no WordCamps to speak of?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This has been quite quite a year. We're coming up on some anniversaries of... uh, of of some sad anniversaries right um and i've been thinking about it a lot um we actually in in 2020 we had a we had 33 word camps um 22 of those were post shutdown uh, we didn't have any more in-person word camps after march 8th of 2020 and after that, um, we still we a lot of people moved online um, and we had another 22 after that. Now, it's relevant to mention that the year before we had about one hundred and forty three word camps. So <laughs> that's a big change. Um, and it's been it was so, so painful uh, for so many people because like we put. We, we expect a lot of our community organizers, as both of you know, because you are community organizers in WordPress. Um, but this was a real new challenge um, for our organizers dealing with literal, like, risk of, of physical, you know, like the, the risk of infection, yeah. the risk of death, right? And yeah. so, like, that brought a, up a lot of people short and made it really hard um to i don't know i mean especially the the and i i realize this happens with all pandemics what do they say the the first thing that dies in pandemics is the truth um right like that that, oh, wow. that idea yeah. of of the like people believing in multiple having multiple worldviews and so like um while we really cherish uh we really cherish our lively uh kind of culture of criticism and feedback and and questioning things and skepticism it it was really hard to Ask everyone to come together around a single idea when there were so many different people with so many different ideas about what was safe and what wasn't, and certainly implementing that across the globe when you know different uh, you know different countries had different levels of uh, risk. So it was hard our organizers were really stressed are the people supporting the organizers was really, were really stressed. And, um, quite candidly, it worries me about this year mm. because I think it's going to be even more challenging to come back than it was to shut down in many ways because of that sense of disparity of worldview.
0: When I think about the, the trajectory of the meetups and word camps, like there, there was growth, right? Like it just, uh, from my, perspective like there was just always more they were getting better
1: mm-hmm.
0: we don't like I, I think if we take a if we look a few years into the future where mm-hmm. presumably the concerns that we have today just aren't aren't existing like what do you think this is going to end up doing for the program what's the longer term impact do you think going to be because i feel like it's still too early right like I 2021
1: the, i've got like two or three theories um <laughs> I don't have any confidence in any of them because like I it's just so gosh darn hard to know. Like I, I my dearest hope is that within a, a year or two, depending on the variants and the vaccines, we'll be able to and then like the global availability of vaccines, which is another problem um, that we'll be able to start gathering in the same space um, the way we did before this. Um, if we're not able to, I think it, it robustly changes our program. Um, but I, and, and what's interesting is like, on one hand, every crisis of course, carries with it seeds of opportunity. Right. And so we, we had, uh, you know, uh, not not a great year for everyone getting together in person for meetups. Um, but we actually had, uh, a pretty decent year for meetups themselves, right? Like online meetups. Uh, I mean, they, the number of events went down only about 20%. Um, so given all the givens, you know, we had roughly 4,000 meetup events last year. That's, pretty okay in my book. Um, and those meetups are now available because they're online. They erase the, um, the, the barrier that is geography, right? So attendance of meetups is up and, um, because you can, you know, someone in LA can attend your meetup, Jonathan, um, or someone in, in um i don't know south korea could attend your meetup luke if you're still organizing meetups i actually don't know if you are um but (laughs) um and so like it's been this interesting experience of like tearing us all apart but also bringing us closer together in in very specific ways um will we want to hold on to that when we come back to being able to see each other in person because we want that reach and that kind of leveling component probably wordpresses are very very fond of you know when given two options picking both um or will will the fact that we were forced online have this kind of uh backlash effect of like the last thing i ever want to see again is another freaking zoom based meetup right (laughs)
2: yeah everyone's totally over that stuff I, w- I, I mean, everyone, to ask-
1: all the tech workers are, I think, but yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, oh that's true. But also I think just uh, more broadly, Zoom has mm-hmm. entered the zeitgeist of the world. And I think a little bit of Zoom fatigue also. It's, yeah. it's really interesting to see the, the tech world sort of propagate itself into the everyday world of non-tech folk and being able to be involved in those conversations. You know, I remember early on being the sort of go-to tech support person for the, um, the Jewish community nearby me because they all mm-hmm. of a sudden had to get onto Zoom. I wanted to yeah. ask, uh, what <laughs> is the most interesting or exciting new technology that you've seen uh, for to innovate in this Meetup slash WordCamp? Conferencey space, you know. Like I know that there, there was some VR stuff done around Austin, and there's been mm-hmm. a few different ideas. Have you seen anything particularly that stands out?
1: I thought the VR attempt in Austin was really laudable, although I I didn't really have the the stack to appreciate it as well as I could have. And I think if we you know, it'll be interesting to see if we really are in a long haul here for like no no in-person events for a really long time. I think WordPressers are going to start digging into VR quite a bit. Um, I'm super interested in how this WordCamp India uh, format is going to turn out. I think it's a really interesting idea to have uh, three weekends And have kind of more of a a difference. Like this weekend is for this for contributors. This weekend is for workshops. This weekend is for um, for uh, traditional sessions. I thought that was quite quite interesting. Um, I really liked the way WordCamp Europe handled speaker like post session. Chats with speakers, and I think a number of other WordCamps have followed suit, um, where you know the speaker would give their session, answer questions, and then go to another Zoom room, and you could go there and then just kind of hang out. But like, I mean, it was hard on the speakers because they they it opened up the way the kind of path to do almost a, a second impromptu talk <laughs> but oh, yeah but
2: right.
1: it was it it was nice because you weren't like all crowded around and maybe like two two people deep into a crowd listening and not being able to interact and stuff like that so that was kind of interesting i um, i gave
2: a, a talk at a at an online conference during the pandemic Prow and mm-hmm. um one of the things that struck me is we we used a platform. Do you remember what the name of it was, Jonathan? We
0: used wasn't it Big VR or something?
2: Oh um, no, that that was separate. But we used a platform that allowed oh, hop moderators in. hop in. That's hop it. In. You know, I've seen these sorts of things
0: in,
2: yeah. come come up where you know there's a moderation section and there's people can leave comments and and upvote things. Um, I found it really difficult as a speaker to not have an audience and. Yeah, as same. huge as I am into into mm. virtual events and and being able to do things remotely and um, asynchronously, I I really it just struck me that there is absolutely no replacement, not yet for in person events. Hmm.
1: Well, it's really interesting because like what I try to keep reminding those who support our organizers is like the WordPress community of community organizers, like we recruit people who like in-person events. Like you don't stick around if you wanted to do you. If you came to us in 2015 and we're like, I'm passionate about online events, we would be like, well, that's cool. That's not what we do. Right. So we have very effectively weeded out people who are <laughs> interested or really passionate about online events. And so it's not a surprise to me that, Uh, community organizers aren't like embracing the idea of online events um, the way other communities like a creative mornings or something like that seems to have. I will say I you know I I mentioned that transformative aspect of a crisis and I think that the that learn WordPress the new um, you know wordpress.org training and learning platform is one of the most exciting things that I've seen come out of this pandemic mm. in WordPress so far. Mm. Um, you've got the a course on idea there, think that
2: kind
0: of thing. I do. Yeah. I yeah, actually got does. to sit in. I got to sit in on the other day on a discussion group for that course. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> nice. That was fun. I, my my original goal was to just be like a quiet observer to see how it goes, but I got called out and I was I was, it was It was good fun. Yeah, that, that is exciting. Well, one of the things that, mm-hmm. that I'm curious about uh, in my so in the WooCommerce community we have the meetups program which has the advantage of being a lot smaller than the WordPress mm-hmm. uh, meetups program. And at first, uh, when we switched to virtual, I remember one of the things I struggled with was this: uh, people were showing up from different places that weren't local. <laughs> and at first, mm-hmm. I I was like, no, I mean I, obviously I never I was never negative about it, but I was like, I wanted people to do virtual, but like in their local regions.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and then what I quickly realized, a couple of things stood out to me. One, people loved going around to different meetups and, yes. and, and that's persisted throughout. And then the other thing is I had quite a few people. I'm glad you brought up that point about like attracting a certain type. I've had quite a few come up who are like, yeah, I love this. I mm-hmm. much prefer to be like, and it's like not that they're not willing to come out to meet up. They're like, I love being able to be at home, being able to see people and talk with others, but also like have my computer be around my stuff. I'd be working on my things like while I'm here. And that's gotten me to think a lot about, okay, what does the future look like? Because yes, I agree with Luke. There's no quote unquote replacement for this, but, some, but in principle, this to me leads me like, okay, what, what is it that is really valued about this? Like, what are, what's at the heart of what makes this work? And for me, what really stood out is that the switch to online, and and you mentioned this already, Andrew, is this, the, it lowers the barrier of entry. Like there's this accessibility aspect to it. And in my experience, like do I've done a meetup almost every week for the past year and have sat in on others. Uh, It's it, I've seen how like real community is being built around that, where people are making connections and it getting getting help and support that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So for me, that's the, the, the next thing that that leads to then is, all right, if one of our values is accessibility, then going forward, if, if, if it switched overnight and suddenly everything was good, and we could do in person again, the people who love that would be happy. But then the people who don't would feel left out and for me the opportunity is okay How do we bring the best of these worlds together? When you think about the work that you do in community with you know across wordpress broadly Where does where does values sort of play into the discussion for you? How do you, mm. you know what, what things do you value like how do you decide what you value and how do those values impact the decisions That you make and what you prioritize Yeah
1: um I love this topic so much. Um, I am, I am uh, deeply, deeply motivated by values and mission. Um, And so, one of the things back when I got started in 2011 was like, what is it that you know? One of the things I was really excited to learn about was like, what is this group of people? Not the people who are using WordPress, but the people who are making WordPress and the the people who are making WordPress uh, reachable and understandable to everybody, right? Our, our organizers helping connect WordPress users and inspire them. Um, what, what do they value? You know, like what, because when you get started and really any open source community, but certainly um, WordPress is a great example of this, one of the first thing you notice is that is all the things that we disagree about. Right. Mm. Um, and I'm contrary. So I like, I'm like, okay, I see that we disagree about a lot of stuff, but obviously we agree about some stuff because we're all in the same place. (laughs) So like, what is it that brings us together? Um, and because I like to get to the root of a problem, um, I started thinking and have been thinking for a long, time about 10 years now about like, what does WordPress value? Um, and what are our guiding principles? And I mean, obviously the four freedoms of the general public license are right in there. Right. Um, and so like, you can't be a real WordPress zealot without feeling very strongly about freedom, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and and, and a, a very specific kind of freedom that I re- refer to as autonomy. Um, so the freedom to make your own decisions. Um, it is super, super interesting to work with a community of people who value autonomy because <laughs> um, it's uh, – because like to, to get anywhere uh, bigger than your own personal capacity you have to collaborate right and so mm. but but when one of the core values of your community is autonomy like that that makes collaboration just a really interesting um, challenge are you saying space. are you mm-hmm. saying
0: that WordPress people don't like to be told what to do
1: this is what I have observed yes I uh, fight me. <laughs> But I, I mean, at the same time, kind of who does, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I use values. Um, I, I have other things that I, I deep, I think that WordPress deeply values or WordPress, most WordPress enthusiasts really value. Um, I use values in lots of different ways. Um, explaining the the things that WordPress programs and the WordPress community programs value is certainly part of the onboarding process for new community organizers. It's one of the things that we look for when we vet new leaders in the community is we look to see like, is there anything that we can identify from the outside that would get in the way of them supporting the values and principles of WordPress? Because of course, community organizers are leaders.
0: So if we can just take this example of autonomy, cause I, and there's other values. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, mm-hmm. so you look at this and you say, people in WordPress, people who value like open source like autonomy seems to be a thread, right, mm-hmm. and so there's lots of decisions that you make, like how does recognizing that affect the decisions so, taking a word initiative, a new initiative like learn WordPress mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. if at all do you find that that like value of autonomy influences recognizing that that's there, how does that influence decisions made about learn WordPress
1: yeah yeah well i I think it it means that when we're building a program like that collaboratively we recognize what what we have to tell people are are kind of no discussion issues, right? Like if you do this, these are expectations and those aren't negotiable and then also design in places for that autonomy to live, right. And say, okay, you can, you know um, as long as you help us move our mission forward of um, educating people with high quality content on demand, um to help wordpress grow um, and to help people grow in wordpress uh you've got a lot of freedom for how you do that right um we don't like necessarily ask people to volunteer to to give a workshop that has already been designed there's the opportunity to design a workshop or to come to the program and say hey i feel really strongly that a course on, I don't know, uh, creating block patterns is, um, going to be really impactful and I want to create it and this is how I'll outline it. And, you know, rather than, uh, you know, as long as it <laughs> meets the, the expectations of the program and, and helps us move our mission forward, then you have a lot of power there. You know, I remember um, when I
0: started my local WordPress meetup, um, three years ago or so, I remember going through the onboarding, the training and mm-hmm. the sense that I walked away with, which to, to me is an example of this autonomy exemplified, like there, there, it, there was clear expectations and I felt this sort of seriousness to it, which I appreciated. And then we were quote unquote on our own in terms mm-hmm. of like, there were clear expectations about, you know, what you can do and can't do and like things like sponsorship and, you know, how, and, and that it felt clear and I felt the seriousness of it. And yet uh, it didn't feel burdensome. It was this like you you have this autonomy, and so we said, okay, well, what types of things do we want to do? Do you want to do like office hours? Do we want to do presentations, mm-hmm. and because that that seems like a bit of where the, there's a tension there, right? Like if you have people mm-hmm. who value autonomy, yeah. you if you're too restrictive, they're just going to rebel. At the same time, you like having guidelines and expectations that think about the bigger picture and the mission. Like if you if accessibility is also a value, then mm-hmm the accessibility of others will sometimes come in tension with the, the autonomy mm-hmm. of some. So but I, all I, of those
1: I, programs, yeah. like all of, all of those frameworks are set up to reflect how WordPress itself works you know, like WordPress is open source, but it is not open commit, right? Just because you use WordPress doesn't mean that anyone can use WordPress, but not anyone can commit code to WordPress core, right? So like, we have those, like, a lot of freedom here, not a lot of freedom here. And, and then from there, um, you know, the people who, And then, and, and that defines who wants to use, uh, you know, our tools, um, or use WordPress itself. And then who doesn't, you know, for a lot of people, I think, you know, the amount of, of freedom and power in the tool that is WordPress is maybe not for them yet, you know, like it's just too much, um.
2: As you're talking about, you know, the way that WordPress as a community, as an open source project is set up, it does get me thinking how unique WordPress seems to be. When I think about open source projects that are out there, you know, a lot of the time it's this what I call um, over the wall open source. Uh, That's probably, I've probably heard that one somewhere. I don't think I invented that
1: term.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. And and um, although there are, you know, other, other open source projects in, that are in a similar vein to WordPress, if we put aside some of the maybe backend developer tools and think mostly about user facing um, products uh, with you know, interfaces, can you think of any community that is com- comparable to, to WordPress in the way that it develops the software? it's pretty astounding.
1: I have been looking and looking, Luke, because I want to steal all their ideas. <laughs> I can't find one. <laughs>
2: what, what is it about WordPress that makes us so unique, like that, that, that enables us to have this, what I consider very, very special uh, ability to self-govern? And I mean, it's not always perfect, of course, there's problems and mm. all the rest of it. But you know we're we're doing some pretty amazing things. We're powering a good chunk of the internet, and it's all on volunteer time. Sure. How do we do it
1: mm-hmm. um well i I am afraid that a lot of it is laid at the feet of our fantastic in person events program. I hope I'm wrong <laughs> because um <laughs> i I've never hoped to be wrong about that before, Luke, so yeah. No, you but, you're probably um, not wrong.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you're not wrong. I
1: with that. Uh, uh, I hope I'm wrong. Um I you know, but I, I think that's a component. Um you know, I I think a lot about this. Um like what sets WordPress apart because there are a lot of of other open source projects out there that don't look anything like us younger ones older ones um but yeah i think i think our leadership has always had a real a a, a true deep dedication to open source itself to um fairness um equity respect and uh you know again nothing is ever perfect uh all communities have their challenges and their conflicts and stuff like that but um and but one of the things that i do know sets us apart is our commitment to gathering together um and that that worries me because i don't know when we can have that back again and and i'm It's gonna be, it's been interesting and it's gonna continue to be interesting to see how well we hang together when we are so far apart, Um, you know? Uh, But I, I think also like WordPress is designed is still designed for users, right? Um, and that's different, you know, from Linux or, I mean, arguably Drupal is too. Sure, um, but like our focus on non-technical users, I think, is another thing that really sets us apart. Mm. Um, and and our and our need and our dedication to the principles of open source mean that we means that we we depend on those users to be active participants in the project. And that's a thing that's really challenging to do, certainly at scale. Um, and, and I, I kind of wonder if WordPress is the last open source project that is still trying, you know, um, but oh. at, at least large and old one, uh, large well, and old open source project.
2: But, let me, let me use this as an, as a, Um, in here for a little sidebar, uh, side conversation that's absolutely related. Mm. I don't know if you've heard, but in the last couple of days, uh, Google has shuttered one of its products as it's famous for doing. So a product called Tilt Brush. Now Tilt Brush is a a VR app that allows you to create um, 3D immersive paintings and it has a huge following and a, a, a big community of really dedicated people who spend hours a day in Tilt Brush. And uh, wow. so they shuttered this project and it was it was a big shock to the community. But at the same time, they released the source code, open source. Now, they did say, you know, we're not going to maintain this project. It was actually, they released mm-hmm. it as an archived uh, GitHub repo and straight away this community has forked it and started you know iterating adding features that have been you know they they added multiplayer support in a day for example wow and
1: great
2: so my question here is with your experience uh in community on, you know, with a, a project that has the scale of WordPress and the longevity of WordPress, what advice do you have for those people in the Brush community who are suddenly being thrown into the world of open source?
1: Mm. Mm. That is a great question. Um, I would advise them to understand how to motivate contributors or and and what and be really clear with contributors what they can expect and what they can get um i wrote a blog post probably two or three hundred years ago maybe in 2017 2018 (laughs) called uh the four gets of the of wordpress community organizing um and it i think has helped a lot of community organizers understand like, you know what we ask of you, let's make it more clear what you can expect of us, right? Um, And it's not, um, it's not just like satisfaction of making your event come together, right? Like those meta skills of learning how to lead with, uh, um, among, you know, across different, uh, kind of experience levels and disciplines, learning various tools, uh, or, um, getting the chance to take risks with somebody else's brand, (laughs) um, or in a place where if you try something out and it doesn't work, you won't be fired, you know, like, um, make it clear to people where they have agency and where they don't. Um, and, and then, Give credit where credit is due. That's another thing that I think WordPress really has done right. Um, Back in 2012 when we launched the make a uh, WordPress network as well as uh, profile badges. And I think badges waited until like 2013 actually, but um, you know, crediting not just the people who are writing the code, but the people who are doing all the work to get WordPress out in multiple languages and to organize our events and to support people in the forums. Like, and and those contributors are recognized just like, developers. Um, and that's, I think really powerful for a community that is looking for longevity. Right. Um, and then obviously a code of conduct, very, very important to understand, you know, what is accepted in this community, what is not accepted in this community. Um, and I, I would say that they should probably work on identifying values and principles in about a year or so, um, uh, because a lot of that doesn't like, they may know a couple things now, but a lot of that is kind of a hindsight, um, activity, um, Communities generally come together and it is through their conflict that they recognize where their barriers are, where their edges are, what does belong and doesn't belong. Um, And so that's the other thing I I advise all all people who are interested in in making progress on collaborative enterprises is don't mark conflict as a bug. It's a feature. Um, It's an opportunity to learn where things don't fit. Um, and if you take it personally and if you over-identify cool. with the product, you will burn out and nobody wins there. But if you can like embrace the critics and, and, and thank them for taking the time to share with you what they see, um, you go a lot faster and a lot farther.
0: Do you find that that becomes easier as time goes on? That embracing the critics.
1: Um, it has become easier for me, but I uh, don't like conflict. So, <laughs> um, so like the one of the hardest things about this job for years for me was that I, uh, it it really hurt to hear that anyone was unhappy um, ever. And I had to really like one of the things that I really grew and I'm still working on it, you know, it still sometimes really gets to me is that a a thicker skin without making it hard as rock, you know, like ah, the the ability that, to shift. Yeah, yeah, I'm I really believe in empathy as one of the most powerful forces for conflict resolution that exists. Um, empathy and good communication. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it has become easier for me over time. But I think it's because I gained the skills, not because I lost the sensitivity, if that makes sense.
0: Excellent. So one of the things I I love about the WordPress project, like a lot of people don't realize how big it is. There's so much opportunity to learn from it. So I'm glad you asked that question, Luke. I think other communities can draw things from what we've, we've gone through and what we're continuing to go through. So WordPress, as you think about 2021, like this year ahead, we're still at the beginning of it. What are some of the things that you're excited about? What are some of the things that you're concerned about? What do you want to see more or less of?
1: Um, I am super duper, duper, duper excited about what, what WordPress will look like as we continue to make it easier for, uh, for non-technical WordPress users to accomplish their own goals in the software. Um, I'm really interested to see how stuff like full site editing um, and block patterns and templates and global styles really uh, make it easier for people to share designs and, and, and kind of uh, allow people to, to uh, just more kind of more of a grip. On self-expression mm. um, I, I I of course worry about the pain that comes with change um, <laughs> and uh, because like you never change without having to leave something behind or without having to mm. to you know you can't start doing one thing unless you stop doing something else um and as mentioned before wordpressers like to have the whole fruit salad not just one thing out of the fruit bowl so um it it is kind of against our nature to close the door on something and i'm worried about about that process certainly i'm also worried about how our uh how our contributor base is doing right now. Um, I mean, we're, we're in this like terrible global crisis that is affecting, uh, financial stability. Uh, people are, are struggling to make ends meet. Um, it very naturally, uh, has the effect of making them rethink their volunteer, uh, commitments as it should. Um, I, no one should ever like make a decision that damages their life on for the benefit of WordPress. Right. So I, I, I encourage anybody who is just feeling like they can't um, come and make the kind of contribution they want to make to like, take the, take some time away because Mm -hmm. no one, no one needs to die on the altar of WordPress, but, um, but we are at a, a low ebb of our contributor um, certainly our volunteer contributor staff and that's concerning for the long-term well-being of the product, especially because it's our volunteers and our, and our kind of four-hour week people that really bring us the perspectives that make WordPress work for 40% of the internet. So I'm a little worried about losing that perspective. Um, I'm very worried about how people... Communicate in a crisis. Um, it's not our best work when we are all and uh, when we're all stressed. Our our better angels generally are not um, at the wheel, so uh, I worry about that. Um, I am super super excited though. What I know about um, how. What's happened in previous financial crises, I'm thinking of like the financial crisis in 2008, WordPress didn't really experience a downturn in that time. In fact, WordPress had a boom in 08, 09, um, as far as I understand it. And I can see the WordPress ecosystem growing even more through uh, the financial um, slings and arrows that I think we still have ahead of us. And and I am super excited to be able to welcome more people into the WordPress ecosystem who are looking for a, a job that is safer for them or something that they can use to add to their income or who are changing, changing careers or picking up a post-retirement career or something like that, like... We, this is a great place to grow and, um, I'm excited to add more people to our group.
0: Oh man. And growth in so many different ways too, right? Like in, mm-hmm. in meetups, you learn all these different skills and organizing, presenting, uh, right now in virtual, a lot of those become more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's with, uh, with make WordPress, like there are so many things that you can get into to either develop new skills or put the skills that you already have to work in, in a bigger way and hone them even further. So, there's a lot of opportunity there, and,
1: and the kind of leadership that we teach in WordPress, I think, really is transformative. like i I what gets me out of bed every morning is the idea that by helping people become more ethical, more more um, more effective, collaborative leaders. Um, we're changing the world. Like they, those, those transformations don't just affect your WordPress life. Like you take those skills and, and they follow you anywhere you go. Um, and so I, whereas some people are like, oh, volunteers, they come, they get what they want out of the program. They're gone in two years. I'm like, great. As long as the pipeline's good, like, come on in, learn all our stuff, take it over there. That's what I'm looking for. You know,
2: (laughs) classic (laughs) example is nason right and that's a great example he just mm -hmm. published about all the work that he he's been doing on the white house website um yeah for for rebooting that and uh you know he he came
0: exactly from that background of leadership in wordpress
1: WordPress. exactly Mm
0: -hmm. last question for me when uh so i think i like to think about uh, so my kids have started playing with their little wordpresses and uh, excited about building stuff on the web They they have both the advantage and disadvantage of a dad who's been in this for a long time. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm able to get some things set up and I encourage them to play with it. How, when you think about like the future of WordPress, where like do you, where do you think about kids and what this next generation, like does that, does that factor into your thinking? Like how do you think about that? Something okay. I'm just really curious about right now
1: yeah i I hear a lot from people who are worried that like the WordPress community is aging um, and are asking like where where are the young people coming in um, and it's it's interesting to be in a mature open source community, to be working on a mature product, right? Because tech especially really loves kind of the new fancy, right? Um, and and so I get the concern because you definitely don't want to be irrelevant. Um, but, but also like, I don't see our market share dropping off right now. So I'm I'm I I kind of don't have that sense of a clear and present danger at the moment, at least. Um, but I I hope that as you know as my kids grow up, as your kids grow up, what the the internet that they will grow into, that they're touching now, will be even more open. Um, that will be based even on on more and more on a majority of open platforms and open source code right? do you think that's the, a battle that int- we're winning i uh, <laughs> as far as like you know the the market share of wordpress technically yes um I I don't think it's a battle that we're winning we we aren't winning yet with non-technical users I don't think. Um and and I think that's what makes me so passionate even though I know this change to all of our interfaces and the way that that we're changing WordPress to make it more user centric is so so painful for our vast community that I care so much about. But I I am also so passionate about unlocking non technical users from proprietary platforms. Mm. Um, I I just feel like it's a it's a imperative change for us if we're going to get anywhere in the fight against proprietary software owning the internet that has to be wordpress has to lead the way um, we're so much farther along to being user centric than most of the other open source uh, technologies out there right so like mm. if anyone's going to be able to do it i think it's us
2: yeah yeah Well, let me offer you a spark of hope that Jonathan and I stumbled across when talking about full site editing, because although it kind of seems like we haven't learned that much from what many consider a bit of a botched rollout of Gutenberg, there is a fundamental Mm. difference with full site editing and Gutenberg, even though arguably full site editing is even a bigger change than to WordPress and Gutenberg was. And the fundamental Mm. difference is this. WordPress 5.0 dropped the classic editor completely. It mm-hmm. wasn't an option you could turn on on and off. I mean, that was the plugin, of course, but uh, it was, look, from now on, this is the way it's being done. But th- mm-hmm. the good thing about full-site editing is that we can actually begin implementing full-site editing one little bit at a time into WordPress core. And we can start with, you know, an MVP um, in June. Apparently, I don't know how Uh realistic that is. And,
1: um, I sure hope we're right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and people can continue to use traditional themes and we can, and we can, you know, continue improving on it and people can continue to use traditional themes and we can even go to the extent of signaling to the WordPress community traditional themes will be supported indefinitely. Uh, Mm -hmm. Traditional themes will be always backwards compatible. I think that will resolve a lot of the tension, a lot of the heartache that people felt from the Gutenberg release. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think, I mean, one of the things that that WordPress is – deeply believes sometimes our implementation is more successful than other times is that like we should try something and then learn from our mistakes right um Mm. that that kind of courageous imperfection that we dedicate ourselves to um which is difficult to swallow when you're looking at 40 percent of the internet Mm. um but uh at the same time i I think we have more tools than ever to bring people along with us, you know, like the, the learn platform to, to help people understand how to use new tools available. Um, our, our community event programs, even if they are still online, I think provide a lot of opportunity for people to get together and be like, OK, what is this now? Help. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, um, you know, a lot of other a lot of other tools don't have. And then, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people working really, really hard to to kind of m- make the group that is moving into the future as big as we possibly can. Um, but still never let leave anyone behind. So,
2: well, Andrea Middleton, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on crossword and, uh, talking all things WordPress community. Maybe you could leave us with uh, some help for listeners on where to find you and maybe even where to start if they want to get more involved with the WordPress community.
1: Oh, sure. Um, I am very bad at posting on Twitter, but my handle is A-N-D-M-I-D-D-L-E-T-O-N and Middleton. Um, I am easy to find on WordPress Slack, just Andrea Middleton, all one word. Um, If you're interested in learning more about our events programs or becoming a leader in your local community, I encourage you to come check out the community team blog, Uh, all of our all of our groups and uh, uh, contributor teams are uh, use blogs to organize uh, and we have one as well for the community team, make.wordpress.org slash community um, and you'll see lots of stuff that we're talking about in there and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's it. Did I forget anything? How else can people reach me? I feel like that's a lot
0: there was email back in the day, but
1: we don't really. Oh, do please that much don't anymore. email me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> Thanks again for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, I Andrew. really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks, you all.